thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Hatch. You guys know I invest with Hatch and I thought it would be awesome to let you in on why and a few of the unique things I enjoy about the Hatch platform and team. Investing for beginners can be very scary. As we all know, it seems like there's so much to understand and no clear path on where to start. Something that may help you is Hatch's Getting Started course. I've spoken about this a lot on Instagram. It's a free online course that will refine what investing means for you in just 10 minutes a day. Hatch is passionate about helping Kiwis make their money work smarter while also busting common myths like you need a lot of money to invest or you need a finance degree. Taking a small step to further your education like this will make sure you don't feel fearful or overwhelmed when starting. If you are ready and want to get started investing with Hatch, there's a link in my bio to sign up where you can grab an extra $20 NZD top up when you make your first deposit of $100 NZD or more. How good? Thanks so much Hatch for supporting the podcast. Let's get on with the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. All right, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. Today I have the absolute pleasure of bringing on Rowan Jacobson, founder of Sabin, a leading luxury accessories brand based here in New Zealand. And I know I've found from my research that the company was founded in 2002 and I believe it came as a result of you working as an artist in New York, unable to find some unique mm. um, quality handbags, and then you started designing your own. So I'm really excited to, to chat about this journey and everything you've learned along the way. How are you today? Oh, very good. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Good. No worries at all. I'm very excited to yeah learn about everything that you've learned along the way. And we're chatting a bit before this and it looks like a bit of trial and error might be um, up for discussion, which is awesome. <laughs> Definitely, yes. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, your role in Sabin now um, and what the day-to-day looks like for you. Uh, so officially, I'm the CEO and head designer. Um, unofficially, I am the um, the one who constantly throws spinners in the works, um, <laughs> gets into everybody else's business, tries to find opportunities, uh, trends, and basically just creates a bit of mayhem. I think that's generally <laughs> the role of the CEO, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop what you're doing. We've got something else today. <laughs> this period of time is usually spent um, selling our next season to our stockists so we have um 80 stockists throughout new zealand and australia and we have a period a market week where basically everybody all our stockists come to visit us or we visit them and show them the collection that they can purchase for the next season Mm. um and so that um has been somewhat um uh varied (laughs) um in um uh application this year simply because um, we haven't been able to see anybody so um, it's had to completely move to a zoom platform and Mm. um, that's been quite challenging yeah that's and then on top of that I'm designing uh, next summer so uh, we're selling winter uh, 2020 and I'm designing summer 2022 20 sorry we're selling autumn winter 2022 and I'm designing summer 2022 2023 wow yeah. And you've got to look ahead quite a long way, like in terms of looking at, I suppose, trends and what exactly you're wanting it to all look like. Yeah, yeah. The, um, that's definitely uh, just par for the course. Um, mm. It is definitely about uh, 
trying to um, see into the future, um, see what people are going to want, understand um, sort of a world sort of consciousness and what where people are going to be in you know six months time, twelve months time to in terms of what they're going to um, desire and um, you know what colors represent those those desires, etc. Absolutely. Mm. And have you, would you say you've always had this passion, I suppose, for fashion and accessories? Um, I have always, yeah, I've always been involved in fashion. I, um, even through university, my part-time jobs were always in fashion. Mm. Um, I've, but my focus during that period of time was actually art. Um, I was studying fine arts and that was, that was where how, you know, where my career was going to take me, um, in, um, as an artist. So, um, yeah, it's, it didn't really work out that way. <laughs> yeah, so always being creative, I guess, is the key. Mm-hmm. So You could say worked out even better, potentially. <laughs> yeah, well, I w- who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I guess then you would say that owning a brand or label wasn't exactly always the goal for you. Like how did you be- begin the brand and that sort of journey? Um, well, I um, did two OEs. The first OE, um, when I came home, felt really sort of I didn't really understand my place in the world mm. and um, I, I felt like I'd changed a lot as a person and everything I'd walked back into didn't feel like it had changed at all and so my um, decision was pretty pretty quickly I, I mean I suppose there were a couple of years there but to go back overseas and um, um, after my you know during my second OE I realized that if I ever wanted to be at home I needed a plan and understand what it was I wanted to do when I got home in that respect I'd always I, I had this plan that I was going to create something during the last sort of three months away I kind of formulated that plan into something bigger uh, came home and set to work achieving it so um, that was that was a sort of my way of dealing with being back in an environment which um, didn't feel 100% comfortable. I think mm-hmm. something that is amazing about travel when you have the opportunity to do it is that it can create a lot of inspiration and you can sort of, I guess, yeah, see the world from a different perspective, which you wouldn't often get when you're at home. And so for when it comes to inspiration for the brand and for you in fashion, where do you tend to get that from? Um, well, it's all online net these days. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I used to travel up to about four times a year. That was always really inspiring. Um, now the inspiration has to come from sort of more, you know, online vehicles. But um, what's interesting is that I think that if you're in the creative creative sphere, you know, everyone who's working in in the creative in, in creative industry seems to be kind of plugged into the same kind of. Um, undercurrent um and so you know whether I'm looking at it you know interior design or art or um you know catwalk it's street style or you know if there's if there's sort of a creative spirit then um there's there's sort of something that unites it all um Mm. and that's kind of what I spend my time trying to find that kind of that that little gem that kind of goes oh that's where it's going would you say that when it comes to inspiration from other people and along your business journey did you have any like mentors and how did they influence what the business became I've had lots of people in my life who've helped me along the way um whether it's just a really clever accountant um or a business coach or a growth expert um everyone's got their own sort of that little gem that you Mm. once you once you understand it it can take you to the next level yeah Mm. and leading into your I guess the startup of what the the business became like how did you 
grow or create your support circle around you in terms of who is helping you to do that? Um, I think I got really lucky. Um, my peer group are all, uh, I guess, overachievers. <laughs> they have uh, always been really um, open with lending an ear and um, giving opinion and knowing who to ask when you have something that you don't know how to do or need advice. I think that's that's the um, that's the key, working out who the best person is to talk to. How have you worked that, that out in the past? I guess now it's like a lot of, I talk a lot about finding mentors and reaching out to people and how would you, I guess, approach or how did you approach reaching out to what were the right people for you? Well, in some cases, actually, they came to me. Um, there was some, um, a woman who was, you know, training to be a business coach um, and um, selected you know, me because it was a you know she she'd be gotten familiar with the the business and thought she could help, um, and that was a really beneficial relationship. Hearing about people um, through other sort of businesses, I guess as well, where um, you know if, if one of my colleagues had been working with somebody that they felt really benef- that they thought was you know really good and was beneficial to talk to, then, um, you know, I'd just pick up the phone. And I think your gut sort of tells you whether someone's going to be able to add value or mm, not. Definitely. You have to be able to, I suppose, like resonate with the person they mm. are, which I yeah. always say is quite important, even when it comes down to listening to someone about financial literacy. Like you have to be able to relate to the person to actually want to listen to what they have to say. 100%, yeah. You know, you could be hearing exactly the same information from two different people and one you'll hear one you won't (laughs) yeah so true and were there any I guess like brands that you looked up to or found maybe sparked inspiration and motivation before the creation of the brand um I was definitely inspired when I was living in New York um you couldn't not be inspired um living in that city but I was inspired by little things like um, walking through the fabric district and finding entire stores just that just sold buttons and um, entire stores that just sold zips and then, you know, an entire store that just had handbag accessories that were the components to put a handbag together, which was um, became my favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> How did you, I guess, begin to to grow the label of what is now Sabin and what was this like a natural progression? Yeah, very slowly, um, very, very slowly. So um, my first season, one or two styles that I created and the money I earned from selling those styles, I produced the other, the, the next collection, which was another sort of, you know, one or two styles. Um, so it was literally just, um, you know, whatever I made, I sunk back into the business, kept going. And I mean, I was at that stage, of course, I was working for somebody else. So it was my little side hobby and um, mm. it didn't need to make me money. I could just sink it all back in. And as long as I, you know, was working enough at my other job to, to pay the bills, it just, it just, it grew, it grew slowly, but it grew. And um, each season was stronger and we got more and more clients Um then I, uh, you know, found um, we were manufacturing in New Zealand at that stage and we discovered that we weren't able to produce enough and we weren't able to produce um, enough newness with the factory that we were working with. So we had to take it offshore and that, again, was another sort of level where we had to, to grow the business because there had to be a minimum that we needed to make of each style. Mm. Um, so there were hurdles along the way that kind of um, enabled us to um, push ourselves further. Was there, has there been a moment in time where you felt 
really proud of what you've created and when you felt like the brand was successful because I think it's probably it's an interesting journey there's always two sides to these sorts of business journeys when I talk to founders either they grow really quickly and they have like this rapid growth and they don't know how to do it and those are the hurdles that come there or it's like a consistent but slow um growth and ends up building a really strong brand and so was there any kind of moment along the way where you you felt like yeah I've, I've, I'm really proud of what I've created I am notoriously bad at marking those moments yeah um I'm like uh, uh, everyone you know who has ever met me is sort of uh will could attest to it as soon as I feel like I've accomplished something I'm on to the next thing and it feels like it was just a means to an end <laughs> there are a multitude of moments that if I look back I think that was a moment that I should have marked whether it was our first corporate job where we worked with a company called Nokia who had who brought out the very first fashion phone Mm. um it was a flip phone and um we created a bag that had a phone pocket um (laughs) and um (laughs) That was a, it was a collaboration and they ended up, um, I can't remember exactly how, I think they were gifted or something to some important people or whatever. Um, you know, that was a milestone because it was something, no one had created a bag with a pocket for a phone. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just these crazy things that we've, we've experienced and, um, and, and created. And I mean, the, the history of the business is littered with these things where it's just like, oh my God, that's amazing that we did that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just over and over again, I've, I, I kind of come up with these sort of memories where I think, oh my gosh, do you remember when? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're looking at, um, celebrating 20 years next year, mm-hmm. which I really don't think I can ignore. Um, so it's trying to work out like going through our archives and seeing what, what we've actually, what we, what we could pull out as kind of moments in time where it's like, actually, that was a real moment. Um, yeah. you know, that bag actually, you know, got us into fashion quarterly and that, you know, that bag, um, uh, um, was on the arms of Liv Tyler. And there's so many moments like that where I actually, um, I, we just have to sit down and write them down because otherwise yeah. they're all just going to be forgotten. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a common thing I find as well is that people, especially people who start up their own businesses, kind of have these milestones and then they're just on to the next thing and want to keep it going. And it's hard to reflect a lot of the time. And so I like to to ask that and see if there's any kind of memories that pop up straight away. And I think it's it's cool that you can look back on things like a bag with a pocket and just think, <laughs> Wow, can't believe we did that. <laughs> yeah, it is it is a crazy it's a crazy scenario reflecting back on what, what you have done over a period of time, particularly when you get to the point where you have where you realise you've done it for, for almost twenty years. Mm. Um but yeah, like getting those first click first key clients where you know the product was sitting alongside brands that I just admired so much and um you know they really they felt like moments where everything or everything I was working towards wasn't in vain yeah yeah exactly oh that's Mm. so great and as a CEO and a designer how would you approach your own personal development now so that I guess you continue to grow alongside the business yeah this is a really interesting question um uh, I spend a lot of time talking uh, and trying to impart knowledge to my team. Um, and in doing so, I get a lot of knowledge and perspective back. I sort of run a very sort of um, horizontal hierarchy where um, everyone in my team feels like they can, you know, 
bring up ideas or discuss anything. I think it's, it makes for a very interesting workplace and really like energetic about that a kind of an environment where everyone feels like they have a voice mm. and everyone knows they have a voice, not feels like they know they have a voice and that they're being listened to. I rate my team as as, as people who I, th- I think are helping me grow on my journey that's when people will do their best work is when they feel comfortable to not only be themselves but bring them their full self authentically to whatever they're doing do you have any I guess resources that you look to um that other people might be able to jump onto in terms of inspiration or guidance like books or podcasts or people you look up to I I read a lot um so business of fashion is one of the the blogs I well newsletters I don't know what what kind of what you'd actually call that um uh and that's uh yeah that's been a great vehicle for me to understand um sort of understanding what's going on in the world um even just like blogs like yours I think are sorry podcasts like yours are are, um I think really fascinating and understanding um just how different everybody thinks I think is um Mm. really important but you know the guilty feminist um uh, how I built this, my daily business coach. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so much, there's so much out there. If you are looking mm. for it, then you'll find it. Yeah, absolutely. And like we touched on before, it's always key to, I guess, do your research and shop around for someone who has a voice that you will resonate with. When it comes to other people who might be listening to this interested in starting their own brand what quality what qualities in a person do you believe create the potential for success in fashion or business generally determination fearlessness confidence I think you have to not be afraid to get your hands dirty there were many times where literally um you know we needed to find boxes and so we were you know going to the back of no lambings and pulling out old boxes (laughs) You know, yeah. <laughs> getting your hands dirty and, um, is definitely one of them. I think if you're um, planning to have children, then understanding that it's the juggle is very real. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just you really, I think really comes down to t- determination how badly you want it. Yeah, completely. Something that I often have guests say on here is their that being able to take risks is really important. And I guess that speaks to your point about fearlessness and people actually wanting it bad enough to be willing to take those risks. Yeah. And I think taking the risks is, it's interesting because I, I feel like I have been fearless in my career, but I don't think I have been fearless with, um, in terms of um, how fearless I could have been in regards to possibly investing in my business. Mm. Um, you know, I always, I've never, it took me, I don't know how many years it was before I even got an, you know, overdraft. Um, you know, it was for me, it was, it was like, if this can't stand on its own two legs, surviving from what it can make, then it's not worth doing. And yeah. um, I think it's probably a perspective that not everybody has when they walk into a business. And it really depends on how you wish to grow that business that, you know, whether you are a, a sink or swim, I'm going to throw everything at this, including my mortgage, um, or um, I'm going to just um, chip away at it and get to where I want it to go, but do it slower. So um, yeah, there's lots of different ways I think that you can get to where you want to go. And it really depends on how fast you want to do it and so far as whether you're sinking everything into it or not yeah totally and I feel genu- generally that 
these days especially and I don't know probably earlier when you started as well like it's quite hard to um grow a really successful fashion label or accessories label and so for other people out there who are aspiring designers of any kind like what would your advice to them be to create something like this or or to work their way up in this sort of industry Uh, I'd say go work for somebody else Mm. I'd say go and learn as much as you can from somebody else's mistakes Mm. Um, I think that um, that's invaluable and um, if you give everything to the person you're working for they will help you get to the next step um, you know if they're a good person (laughs) so um, so I think that there's there's definitely um, there's no need to learn everything on your own there's no Mm. there's no it's you're not sort of you know it's it's just pointless really um so I think that um working for somebody else understanding the business um from you know from you know top to toe uh in with somebody else's money at play yeah (laughs) I think is um a great way to start that's a big thing I I push on here is like even just starting with learning the perspectives of other people who've been through it before you like you're saying and leveraging off their experiences is just so key um and especially with the excessive resources available to all of us now um Mm. it's so much more possible to do that Mm, mm. I, i think most people are um willing and able to you know give that hand up thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it Uh, means heaps and I know that so many other people um would have gotten heaps of value out of that so thank you oh um, I hope so and uh yeah anytime anytime. all right guys thank you so much for listening I really hope you were able to take something valuable away um be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at the one up project and I'll catch you on the next one